Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'm bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. We've got another stop motion episode for you as we look back at Creepy Crawlies, The Animal Shelf, and PB Bear and Friends. Three classic cartoons that will bring the nostalgia right back for all of you Generation X and Millennials out there. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, thanks. How are you? Yeah, we're getting there. Getting there. I bet you're happy about uh, stop motion. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like some more than others this week, but yeah, I mean, stop motions. You know what I'm like with stop motion, so. <laughs> um, I'm trying to see if I can do a a base review without giving anything away. Yeah, I, I like to. I think it's obvious, but. Yeah, we'll but we see. always we say that, and then we have an argument at the end. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll we'll have to see, because you'll you you'll you'll see something, I'll see something, and uh, yeah, right. Let's uh, let's get started right away. We're gonna start with Creepy Crawlies, and this came out in January nineteen eighty seven. So some of the things happening in the world. Aretha Franklin becomes the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. New York mafiosi Anthony Fattoni Salerno and Carmine Peruccia are sentenced to 100 years in prison for racketeering. Leon Fabris Cordero, president of Ecuador, is kidnapped by followers of imprisoned General Frank Vargas, who successfully demanded the latter's release. Outrageous Fortune was in the cinemas. And I Knew You Were Waiting For Me by George Michael and the aforementioned Aretha Franklin was number one in the charts vintage producer paul there if you don't recognize that song which is like really really big and famous um you what's it called um greatest hits played journey the other day so i was like oh i, I was quite impressed with that uh, yeah uh, they are getting better this this podcast seems like it's gonna be a greatest hits radio update weekly update Oh, do you remember when I told you that uh, I think Simon Mayo was on Greatest Hits? I think last week. Yeah. I think I was just listening to Radio 2. Yeah, I was about to say. I swear he was like a, a, a BBC radio guy. Yeah, I mean, he's always been on Radio 2, but I thought um, I was listening to Greatest Hits, but I think I was just tuned into Radio 2. I know like every Saturdays they play like epic American hits of the past. Yeah, I did see the um, or did hear the the running order. It sounded, sounded okay. Whichever one has the good one playing, then I'll keep that on. And then if they're on a run, then I'll stay with that channel. Or if I'm like driving really far and I like need to concentrate because I don't like channel surfing where I'm like on the motorway or something like that, I'll just pick one station and then be like, right, I'm committed. Yeah, I mean, I just what I do then is I I put on um absolute radio on my phone um. Uh, whilst I'm pulled over safely, and I connect it to uh, my phone, so I connect my car to my phone, and then. How do you do that? I can't. I, I wish I could do that. I've got an I've got an aux thing, um, cable to to connect to my phone. So then the speakers will come out of the car speakers and not your phone. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to inquire about that with you. Can I? Do you think I can do it with my car? No, I don't see why not. Your car's about like ten years newer than mine. Is it really? No, it's a good. It's a good few years newer than mine, and um, my car is getting older by the day. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that my car goes through its next MOT. If it doesn't, we're gonna have to have a serious. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking about my car. 
I think I think my advisory was get a new car. <laughs> or my uh, yeah, that was the advisory. We go and fix everything. The advisory, get a new car. Yeah, that, that I think that's uh, gonna be the advisory for uh, for 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 my car. But it's like I feel every time I'm driving it, I feel like it's gonna fall apart on me. Yeah, I mean that's never a good feeling whilst you're in a I'm car. I'm just Especially... thinking sometimes if I'm yeah if I'm going on long journeys, then I was just like yeah, just just get me home. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. You, you get there and it's just like, oh, thank God. Get me home, then I don't care. Let it fall apart on the driveway. I'll take that, but just, 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 just get me home. Right, so Creepy Crawlies now. So this was a stop-motion animation series created by Cosgrove Hall again. All episodes were written by Peter Rees and directed by Frank Vos and Brian Little. Narration and character voices were provided by Paul Nicholas. The series was based upon the daily goings-on of a group of common invertebrate creatures that lived at the bottom of the garden around an old sundial. The bugs have a miniature but exciting time rescuing friends from jam jars, communicating with conkers, finding new homes and generally having the best day ever almost every day. The characters, so there was Mr. Harrison the snail, suppose the worm, Aradne the spider I think, Anorak the Pillbug, Ladybird the Ladybird, Lambeth the Beetle, and Ancient the Caterpillar. Creepy Crawlies, they know what being small is. Creepy Crawlies, they're not like big and tallies. Creeping and crawling gives you time to think. Rushing is enthralling, but you're sure to miss a lot if you should blink. So, Creepy Crawlies. The one thing about this show is there wasn't enough episodes. That's my, like, mm. thing. The, the theme tune was banging. I liked the realistic-ish kind of look about it compared with the other ones. Um, so the other ones were kind of like way more cartoony and, you know, this and that and the other. But I quite liked the the more realistic look to it and the, you know, the mud and the kind of things. And I liked that each one of them had their, you know, their own attitude. You know, Mr. Harrison was like a quite a, um arrogant, older chap ancient was always falling asleep uh lambeth was uh kind of this um strong guy a bit arrogant as well but in his own way yeah i, I do you know what this was quite a, a breath of fresh air i think this this show creepy crawlies crawled so that a bug's life could walk yeah that's a that's a really good show actually i can definitely see the similarities there even though i didn't like bug's life by the way I thought it was overrated. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Ants definitely had it over Bug's Life. That it was it was not for me, but you could see where they may have got the idea of doing a Bug's Life. Yeah, I actually really yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I, I, and I'm the same. I, it's only it's a shame that there was only two episodes available to watch. I think that's the 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 luck of the draw when we're when we're doing these kind of shows. It's if I can find at least two, then we can do it, but then there's so many shows that I want to do, but I but we can't do because there's not there's nothing on the internet that I can sort of like watch. There's there's, there's tons of stuff, tons. But yeah, but the thing is, it's like this this was really not really good, but like this was good. I enjoyed it enough. I think the runtime for all of the shows actually today were perfect. Ten minute runtime 
was was ideal. You you managed to get the story across. You managed to do what you have to do. That being said, I do, I do feel like sometimes the story of Creepy Crawlies did run out of steam a little bit, and I was just like, uh, and check. Well, I think because as well, this was what nineteen eighty seven as well. It took him, I think, two years to get the series out. Stop motion was, uh... you know what? Sometimes I'm thinking they would just been better off perfecting, picking one show and just perfecting it. But I don't know. I think Cosgrove, Cosgrove did have a lot of um, other programs. The Animal Shelf that we're going to do later was um, Cosgrove Hall Films. But I think, yeah, if if it was one of those where they were always trying to move on, they were always trying to move on to the next project, and maybe they could have been better off just trying to, I don't know, picking one. But I think, to be fair to them, they did... Um, I think Cosgrove, they've done, they've done so much, I can't even think of them. I think, I think they may have even done like stuff like Danger Mouse. And Count Duckula and Winning the Willows, Creepy Crawlies, Count Duckula, Noddy's Toyland Adventures. So they did do a little bit. Okie doke, they did as well. Okie doke, I was trying to think of that. Yeah, they did that. Enid Blyton's Enchanted Lands. Oh, I remember that. If we could, if I could get links for those, Rotten Ralph. Oh, I've heard of Rotten Ralph. Have you not heard of Rotten Ralph? Nope. Really? Oh, they did the Peter and the Wolf TV special as well. Oh, that was great. The Peter and the Wolf um, TV special with the uh, musical ensemble. And I think we should, just, we should just do that one episode. Who cares? We just do Peter and the Wolf. We ain't got to pick Peter and the Wolf. We could uh, talk about the uh, the great musical ensemble and the, the story. And the fact that the ice cream man down my way does the tune to it about nine o'clock at night. Oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, I was going to say, it is, that is a very specific type of music. He does Robin Robin Hood one from Disney's Robin Hood. Because it's very weird. Yeah, you can't... Yeah, they do Popeye the Sailor Man here. Do they? But yeah, Peter and the Wolf, you can't be driving around at nine o'clock at night going do 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 <laughs> I mean it would it would be very um idyllic and picturesque actually, come to think about it, if it's like you're like sailing along. What uh ice cream man is coming at nine o'clock at night, I don't know as well. I think that in itself is a little yeah, but bit. It's still suspicious. light to be fair at nine o'clock. It is, but what kids are up and if they are yeah, up, but it's not for kids be... though. I see loads of adults going for ice cream. Oh yeah, ice cream. Okay. I mean, I could go for ice cream right about now, to be honest. But uh, no, yeah, it's yeah. Nine o'clock is still light. In fairness, yeah. If this was November, and he's driving around at nine o'clock. Then uh, <laughs> okay, ask some questions. Right, let's talk about these uh, two episodes. Right, should I do the cold? Because that was the one that had a more solid storyline. I feel like okay. So it's daybreak, and there's you know they're all over the bro- broken sundial. And the snail is saying, um, I wonder why jam tastes better than mud. And then he tastes the mud to make sure that he, he's right about that. Um, and then suppose the worm has a cold. And he said, um, is, he asks if jam is good for his cold. And then the spider comes down and said he's looking for something round and red with spots. Like suppose his nose. And then he kind of just goes off and he goes like, cheerio, 
cheering her and all and all that, you know. Um, and I quite, uh, I really like the way that he kind of like signs himself off. So they go and see if Jam is going to cure suppose it's cold. Uh, this is where we meet Lambeth the Beetle and Anorak the Pillbug, and who he says he's a pillbug, he's not a um woodlouse. So the jam is moving, and Lambert said that the jam could be dangerous. Uh, turns out there's a ladybird stuck in the jam, and the red spotty thing is what the spider was looking for. Uh, they need to get it out, so the old and ancient caterpillar is there, and he keeps falling asleep, which is, I thought, really funny. So they ask him how to get it out, and then suppose he's going to sneeze it out, and then it works. Um, and Lambus thinks he's hurt. He's like, you know, he's acting like he's been wounded and he's just got jam all over him. Ladybird was trying to get out. Suppose his nose was useful and he's better now. The jam worked. They all ate jam. They watched the sun go down. And that was the end of that episode. Very simple, but, you know, quite a nice little episode. Okay, so the red voice. So obviously you've got um, Lambeth, who's, I believe, chilling on the old broken sundial that no one wanted. I did like the narration of this program. Yeah, I did. And Lambeth is basically trying to chill out, but everybody keeps asking him for advice because they think he's the cleverest, even though he's not. And obviously he's not happy about it. And he's just walking away. Then he thinks he finds a good hiding spot inside a pot plant. Suppose and Ladybird are walking past and they can hear Lambeth talking and they get scared of the, vo- of the red voice. And so Lambeth is like, bow down to me. Otherwise, I will eat you. And so they're bowing down. He's like going down, up again, up again, down, down, up again, down, down, up again. But you know what? They were doing it properly. So I was thinking this is very, very well choreographed. Even in stop motion, they were doing the whole routine or whatever. And they're saying, oh, you've got to stand on one leg and you have to say splinge. But obviously, Worm's like, suppose the worm is is, is like, I'm, I've, I've got legs. I'm a worm. And he's like, all right, then find a way then. And then Lambeth is basically saying, go tell Mr. Harrison that he's useless. And they go tell him. And now Lambeth is trying to get out, but he gets stuck and he's calling out for help. So suppose and Ladybird are talking to Mr. Harrison and they're talking to him about the red voice that they can hear and what it has to say. And so Mr. Harrison goes to the plant and they see that Lambeth is stuck. Obviously, Lambeth lies about being stuck and he's saying, I took on the big red monster and I got stuck and he's trying to eat me. But obviously Mr. Harrison's quite suspicious. He's like, I you know, tell you, I remember a time when somebody did something similar and I remember what they did and blah, 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 blah. They get him out still, but then Ladybird hears the voice again. But obviously she's Ladybird's like, I know that voice when every time Lambeth is talking, but she hasn't quite put two and two together the way Mr. Harrison did. So that was that. Yeah, I think I, I quite, you know, I quite like this the this this show. It was there wasn't much to it, but I did like the I did like the animation, the theme tune was banging, and all the characters were like one involved in the whole thing. Everyone had their part to play, um, and everyone had their own little kind of nuances with their personality. So I, I and I thought that came up really well um, for a stop motion. I thought it was really good. Absolutely, absolutely, and. Uh... Yeah, like yeah, it it is a shame there weren't more episodes, but I think yeah, that was pretty much all that we can say about that. The Animal Shelf now. So this came out in June 1997, and some of the things happening in the world. Hugo Banza wins the presidential elections in Bolivia. In the United Kingdom, the House of Commons votes for a total ban on handguns, 
The Women's National Basketball Association, the WNBA, plays its first game at the Great Western Forum in Los Angeles. Face Off was in the cinemas, and we spoke about this last week. But yeah, Umbop by Hansen was number one in the charts. That's a great tune, to be fair. I do, I do, I do, I do like Umbop. So the Animal Shelf. So this was a children's TV series produced by, like I said, Cosgrove Hall Films and based on the books written and illustrated by British writer Ivy Wallace about a quintet of talking toy animals who live in Timothy's bedroom and aimed particularly at preschool audiences. So the characters, as it was in the um, theme song, so there's no excuse of you getting any of them wrong. So there's obviously Timothy the human, who's the animal's young owner, who's never really seen on screen, and you only see his shadow. And it's the same with all the other human being characters in the program, apart from Mr. Trigg, the pet shop owner, who owns a parrot and only appears in the episode Tribe to the Rescue. Gumper the bear, so he's the leader of the group, and Gumper's quite lazy and he enjoys sleeping. There's Woful the monkey, and he wears a fez, red fez and a coat. He often tells jokes which are often found rude by the other four animals. He enjoys getting his own way and is quite bossy, which is sometimes annoying to the other four animals. Stripey the zebra, he seems to be quite wise and has lumpy wool and it's revealed in the first episode that he and Stripey and Get Up are the two oldest animals. Get Up the giraffe is Stripey's friend who I has brown that. curly hair uh, on her neck and speaks with a broad English accent. Although Get Up often falls over, she's close friends with the other four animals. The material on her tall hooves is badly worn which means she often loses some stuffing through them. Little Mutt is the West Highland White Terrier, is close friends with Gumper. He wears a big pink bow on his back and often ends up getting into difficult situations. I thought Little Mutt was a girl. Yeah, I thought that as well, right? He wants to wear a big pink bow, then uh, you go wear it. Do you, Little Mutt, do you. And then there's Mrs. Mole and her baby moles. And they're a family of moles who live underground. And they only squeak instead of talking. Kinky the mouse is the animal's friend who only sometimes visits the blue shelf in Timothy's bedroom. I like Mrs. Mole and baby moles. He only squeaks instead of talking. Jick the jackdaw is a wild jackdaw that takes up residence in the roof of the house near Timothy's garden. He likes shiny things and can be a nuisance by taking things from the animals without them realizing but he can sometimes be really useful as well, particularly when the animals have to get high up to reach things like acorns and nuts. Apparently the show was uh, shown in the United States and had its own dub, and, and, and Jick the Jagdor was renamed as Carl the Crow. Squirrel is the animal's second friend who lives in Bluebell Woods, just outside Timothy's garden, speaks in a weird language and often points to things like plants. The caterpillar is a red and yellow striped creature with eight pairs of legs who is the animal's psychic who also lives in Timothy's front garden near the mole's trapdoor. The caterpillar makes unusual sounds at times, but Stripey the zebra and the gang understand the sounds themselves. So, the animal shelf. Um, theme tune was pretty damn good. Definitely right on my street. But one thing I will say about this show is it was more... I watched three episodes, right? So I watched series one, episode one, series two, episode one, series three, episode one. I felt like it was a Stripey the Zebra and Get Up the Giraffe show with 
brief interludes with the other ones. And I, I, I thought it was stronger for that because the other ones were... There was some dislikable qualities about the other three, I thought. But Giraffe the Legs and when he just kept falling over. Because obviously, like, one of the best things, like... Oh, was it when he said, oh, put your best foot forward? And he's like, I don't know what my best foot is. I did like that. The whole thing about a baby giraffe getting up is, you know, that's that's a sight to behold. And, you know, when you get the whole boxer that gets one on the chin and then he goes into like giraffe legs mode um you know they can't stand up so i you know i i i quite like that and i thought it was really funny kind of play on that yeah um i remember watching this growing up oh really i see i don't i don't i didn't this was this yes this was on like citv it was like one of the first things that comes on citv in the afternoons yeah i just remember watching it i just remember it being on in the background and if I'm like sitting down, then I would watch it and then wait for the other programs to come on. But yeah, I, yeah, I remember watching this and yeah, I, I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was, uh, again, the runtime was really, really good. Yeah, I remember. So so you, uh, one, there's two things. Um, one is that I found it weird that Tim could, Timothy could talk to the animal. I never realized that until now. When I was a kid, I always thought Timothy was always quiet from the other animals and they couldn't hear him. But yeah, Timothy can talk with the animals, which... Mm. Right, let's talk about episodes. Stripey and Get Up are worried about Tim because he's got a cold. Mum thinks it's Stripey and Get Up's fault, so she's going to throw them out. She thinks they're germ spreaders. She puts them in a jumble sale box, trying to figure out how to... They had to figure out how to get out, and they basically... And I said this is why I put basically Toy Story. They gnaw, gnaw through the box, and they go through the woods. They get picked up uh, by this guy that's going to put them as a prize on the fair. Uh, that's only uh, Get Up, um, which and I've written again Toy Story 4. Uh, Stripey uh, trying to get... Uh, Stripey's trying to get um, get up back. Uh, he's looking through the night, and in the morning when the fair's gone down and everyone's quiet, he 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 gets this mouse, which is Kinker or Kinky? Kinky. So Kinky the mouse, they helps him out. They're mates now. They go back and they're tired, and they, and they said, "Oh, it's good to be back on the animal shelf." Meanwhile, Mum is uh, told by the doctor that it's nothing to do with the teddy bear, so she shouldn't have thrown him away. Cool. So I watched tidying timothy's bedroom so timothy's getting a, a rollicking from his mum because his room is dirty and it's untidy it happened to every child every yeah. single child and so he has to tidy up his room after school and not watch cartoons and so the animals want to clean it up and surprise timothy and at this point i still don't know and i still haven't realized that they can talk with timothy and vice versa and so they want to make it fun and then Stripey's tidying up the books. Get Up is dusting the high parts. Little Mutt is dusting the low parts. Gumper is tidying the toys. And Woeful is cleaning the windows. Woeful finds a key and it falls into the ground. And so they all agree to a draw after cleaning up. And they said that they're going to all get a prize. And so Get Up and Stripey are going out to look for a prize. And they bump into Kinka. Or Kinky, sorry. Hang on. Is it Kinker or Kinky? It's Kinka. Oh, Kinka. Okay, yeah, because I wrote Kinka, and then when you said Kinky, I changed it. I yeah, well, it yeah, it's, it's Kinka. I've, I've even got Kinka on my notes. I don't even know why I said that. My bad. That one's on me. I made a mistake. <laughs> That's the first time it's ever happened. Collector's item, that. So uh, Kinka wants to help with uh, looking for the prize. Meanwhile, Gumper and Woeful are inside a newspaper bag because the key drops inside there. 
Little Mutt also finds a key and it's wondering what the key is. Woeful and Gunker, Woeful and Gumpa also find a key. And then Kinka and Kinka shows Stripey and Get Up a key. They've all got keys and they're thinking, is it Timothy's music box? Again, I think we spoke about music boxes before. Oh, man. I still remember. I, st- I can still smell the music box we had in our house when you open it up and the little ballerinas inside. The mechanism of, of those things is so impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, what else? What else? So, yeah, Little Mutt has the key to Timothy's music box and he puts it in and then it starts working again. And then they all agree that Little Mutt wins the competition because he found the key. Timothy comes back and he's happy to see his room tidy. And then I wrote, looks like Timothy can talk to the animals. Because they start saying, look, Timothy, we cleaned up your room. And then Timothy's talking back to them. And then it found it. And then obviously his mum comes back and Timothy's like, look, I cleaned up the room. You little liar. Your little animal friends cleaned up the room. And then his mom was like, oh, Timothy, that is incredible. That is amazing. And look, you found the keys to the garage and you found a key to uh, the toolbox. And then I watched the trail. So the animals are getting restless because Timothy's reading to them. And then Timothy's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna, you're going to be like explorers like in my book. And I'm going to make a trail for you guys to follow. And so the animals are following the trail, but Little Mutt gets confused. Stripey and Get Up bump into each other along the trail and they decide to go together. And then they are going off on the trail. Woeful is being braggy about, I'm going to find it first and I know all the clues and so on and so forth. And then Gumper and Little Mutt are trying to follow the trail, but they can't find anything because the squirrel sees uh, an arrow with acorns on it and so obviously like a squirrel does he takes all of the acorns stripey and get up figure out the clue because i think the last part of the clue of the trail was you'll be able to tell the time and in the garden they have a sundial so stripey and get up go to the sundial and that's where they meet woeful and so they all decide to wait for little mutt and gumper but because there's no clues they get lost and Gumper and, and Little Mutt end up getting lost in the village. And the others are like, oh, they're taking too long, so let's go look for them. And then the others finally catch up to Gumper and Little Mutt. And Gumper is trying to be all proud, going, look, this is it. We found it. We found it. We're in the village. This is where it is. We've won. Yay. But they really haven't won. And then they catch up to Gumper and Little Mutt. And then they bump into Timothy. And Timothy's like, what are you all doing here? And then Gumper's like, we, we figured it out. We won. And then Timothy's like, uh, actually, the sundial was the clue, mate. But obviously, he's like, no, no, I won. I won. He's being all stubborn. And Timothy's like, and then Timothy's like, I've got prizes for everyone. Relax. Calm down. And yeah, so that was that episode. And then, yeah, it's all you now. Right. So series two, episode two. I don't know what it's called, but it's really hot. And everyone's going to build a summer house. Stripey and get up, go to see Mrs. Mole. And this is kind of a thing, uh, it's a quality I'm not, I don't like, it's, it's not a great quality in people. Whether, do you know when, when someone says, when, say if you had, um, I don't know, a bottle of, a spare bottle of water, right? And then someone comes up to you and says, oh, God, you know what? I'm really thirsty. 
Oh, goal. Oh, it's really, really hard, isn't it? Oh, it's really tough. Um, and then, you, you know, kind of puts you in a position where you're like, well, do you want this water then, right? Where it someone just says to you, dude, can I have some water because I'm really thirsty? Um, that's I think that's better. But anyway, so you'll see where I'm going with this. So basically, Mrs. Mole needs to go and see her mum because she's poor, or her sister, sorry, because she's poorly. And she needs a babysitter. And she's like, oh, I don't know what to do. God, I need to go, but I can't take the kids with me. Oh, God. And then in the end, Stripe and get up and say, do you want us to babysit? And she's like, oh, yeah, all right. Okay, see you later. Meanwhile, all the others are building a summer house. Um, Stripey and GetUp are going to have to build the roof, so they don't have to do anything just yet. Um, everyone's tired. Building is hard, but they finished. Um, they go find GetUp and Stripey to do the roof, and basically they swap the babysitting duties, and the little moles are kind of running rings around everyone. Little one is babysitting woeful... Oh, so, oh, so um, Little Mutt is babysitting and Woeful and Gumbo, uh, what's his name, Gumpo, go to the shops. Little Mutt is not having a good time with it all. Um, Gumpo and Woeful find a ball. The baby mole nicks it and then they head towards the summer house. They put the, the, the moles in the summer house because the moles push a ball into the water. They escape because they can obviously tunnel out. Um, the moles get into Tim's room. They're causing havoc. Mrs. Mole comes back. Everyone's tired and they all go to sleep. Uh, series three, episode one, was called the first snowflake. All the animals are cold. The winters it's a winter holiday. Uh, they can talk to Timothy. This is where I first found out this out, and he says, you know, go outside and have a look. Uh, they go outside. Uh, Kinker's outside. They all go back inside together. It's snowing now. Little little Matt has not seen them before. Uh, and then they go outside and they play who can catch the most sh uh, most snow. Next morning, they want to go out in the snow because Tim said he would take them out. Now Tim goes to see his mates instead. Uh, everyone's outside making a snowman and it's kind of a competition. Kinker builds a snowmouse. Uh, Timothy doesn't come back for ages. The next day, Timothy judges the snowman competition. Um, the animals brought uh, the snowman in to be um, judged in the morning, but it all melted and the prize is a snow globe they all get to look at so that was the three that i watched cool so uh any last thoughts on this show no it's like i said i still maintain it was more of a stripey and get up show with some supporting actors i don't know about that i mean i wouldn't go that far to say that but yeah i remember this show when i was a kid very well and yeah i'm glad that it sort of held up in a way for me because yeah I didn't like it then it would have been a a crying shame but it wasn't it wasn't bad at all so uh good job on that front last up it's pb bear and friends and this came out in january 1998 and some of the things happening in the world 19 european nations agree to forbid human cloning the Drudge report breaks the story about u.s president bill clinton's alleged affair with monica Lewinsky which would lead to the House Representatives' impeachment of him. The Lunar Prospector spacecraft is launched into orbit around the moon and later finds evidence for frozen water in soil in permanently shadowed craters near the moon's poles. The Wedding Singer was in the cinemas and Mulder and Scully by Catatonia was in the charts. Something about being starting to worry. This could be a case for Mulder and Scully. Oh, uh, yeah, I do know that song. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, I think Natalie and Brulia like, made up most of my 90s, to be honest, I think. <laughs> no, yeah, Kat, yeah, Catatonia were a, were, were, were a decent little band. And yeah, Mulder and Scully. 
Yeah. So yeah, if you if you if you just description of them would just be Welsh AF. That would be uh, the the best description for uh, Catatonia Welsh AF. Now I'm yeah, I know I'm not going to be able to unhear that now. PBM and Friends now. So this was a series of children's books by Lee Davis that was made into a British children's television series. Much like the Paddington Bear series, the characters are stuffed puppets that are animated with stop-motion technique, and it aired on Milkshake on Channel 5. Ma, 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 milkshake, I know this quite well. <laughs> what, Milkshake? Yeah, because my, it, I mean, this is obviously still going, right? Um, my, yeah, I remember when I was, uh, used to take my niece and my nephew to school uh, of a morning, and they, um, yeah, this was on the whole time. Like Peppa Pig, I think, was on Milkshake. Milkshake. Yeah, this was like, I remember I remember when Milkshake first dropped, when like Channel 5 was still a thing. And it was, yeah, it used to be like a morning thing. So like early, early in the morning would be yeah, Milkshake. Kind of the get up to school time, right? No, like, no, 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 no. This was the get up out of bed time. Oh, really? I think, okay. I think CBBC would be on in our house before school. Yeah. But then you'd have to remember, like, particularly in primary school, I used to just live across the street from my primary school. So I can leave until the whistle, just before the first whistle. So the first whistle goes, I think, 8.55 in our school. Yeah. And so 8.50 we would leave. You just got across the road and you're in the school. We know, we didn't have that, that luxury. Well, I didn't have that luxury when I went to high school. It was like a 20-minute, 20, 20 half-an-hour walk. And obviously, if you're walking, your friend is going to be slightly longer. But uh, no, yeah, this uh, milkshake was like really, really early, early, early in the morning. And I think they were kind of given the... Not not because obviously CBBC, CIEV, Channel 4 would get the pick of the shows. And then whatever was left was given to Milkshake. Yeah. I still find it fascinating, you know, on a side note, that there's no kids... TV in the morning on the normal terrestrial channels, apart from Channel Five, it's all on their own kids' TV channels. Yeah, because what happened? Because I swear it used to be the law after school, y'all need to be putting on kids' programming for a couple of hours after school. But yeah, anyway, milkshake was milkshake was I. It wasn't like I said. It it was given the the the, the leftovers of whatever. CBBC, CIEV, even Channel 4 didn't want. They just gave it over to uh, Milkshake. So the books were P-Bear's Birthday Surprise, which was 1994, P-Bear's Treasure Hunt, 95, P-Bear's School Day, 96, and P-Bear's... I keep saying P-Bear. It's P-B-Bear. P-B-Bear, not yeah, P-Bear. Yeah, I, I kept writing um, P-Bear as well. So the characters, so obviously there's P-Bear who's the main character of the books of the show. He's also friends with Roscoe. In the books, his name PB is revealed to stand for pajamas and bedtime. And they are stated to be his favorite clothes. Roscoe is PB Bear's best friend and is often scared of something and has a cowardly personality. Millie is the monkey who likes to pull off jokes on her friends and saying, trick to you, trick to you, when she's discovered. Flory is a frog. Dermot is a male dog which sometimes hangs out with P-Bear and Roscoe. Dixie is the female dog who is friends with P-B. Dilla is a duck with three ducklings. Bob is a duck with a competitive personality, often wears a straw boater hat. 
tiny bear is a very small bear who appears exclusively in the TV series, making only squeaks for sounds. Although often present, Tiny is hardly ever addressed by the other characters. Russell is a rabbit that appears in the books, replacing Roscoe. Salty is a seagull. Hilda is a hen who only appears in the books and is sometimes an assistant with PB Bear. In one book, when his hat got blown off and landed in a tree, she flew up to the branch to retrieve it, where the wind blew the hat just before she got it. Lucy is a lamb who only appears in the books. Penguins! Most of the other characters are penguins, and they play numerous roles such as postman, a doctor, fairground worker, a sweet shop owner, an ice cream stand owner, a police officer, and a park keeper. Right, PB Bear and Friends. How annoying was the theme tune? Like, straight up annoying. Yeah, I didn't like it. The, the theme tune was annoying, really. But it had a two-minute intro. It, it, it sounded very homely. It's time to go to bed, PB, and whatnot. No, nah, I was like, no, nah, this is not for me. But the uh, the the two minute intro was quite good because that knocked two minutes off the running time. So that's that's plus points there. Um, but I was literally I was watching the intro and I was like, so there was is... what three minutes left then? Yeah, I was like, this is because the really... runtime is like five minutes. Yeah, I was like, this is a really really long intro. Um, I think the first episode that I watched was the longest intro. Py- was it? It was called Pirate Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's the one I watched first, and it was literally like the going on and on and on and on um uh yeah apart from that i mean I've, i did notice that um tiny bear got um bullied really is i think that's the good word for it because and it's not even like you know straight up um you know harassment but it's like things like oh guy okay guys let's let's go and um let's go to our adventure and then they all leave tiny bears left by himself or herself the whole time um yeah, I was a bit like, that's a bit naughty. And that was a recurring theme. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just there. I thought it was typical of Channel 5 to have a program like this with 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 no real substance, with no real meaning or rhyme or reason. It's just, yeah, PB Bear and friends. And they do some stuff. And yeah, obviously this was a book. So and I don't think it was that expensive to make. I think by 98, they could figure out stop motion. And... Yeah, I was going to say, like, 98 is quite late for, a, you know, a fairly basic stop motion, right? Um, I'm pretty sure they probably weren't using film. Or maybe they were using probably, film at this point. I don't know. But, um... but they, it, it, there was only a few episodes anyway. But um, even then, they probably could figure it out. And they probably said, look, we're a new channel. We can't get all the other ones. We can't afford Noddy. We can't afford Postman Pat. Can't fool Fireman and Sam, so why don't we just do PB Bear and Friends? I mean, that's what this uh, program smacks of, or yeah, because you can't really, um, yeah, Milkshake couldn't really didn't have the budget at that time. Yeah, right. So uh, Pirate Island was the first episode I watched. I watched three. Uh, PB gets a map from Swashbuckler Bear, and he gets delivered by that uh, by the penguin you mentioned earlier, and then the the, the penguin stands by the door and then waits for him to open it to see what it is um i'm not sure about you but if my like amazon delivery driver was you know just hanging around be like i just want to know what you got i mean just slam the door in his face i think he knows doesn't he or he'll have an idea he knew what it was where it was from i think but he didn't know what was in it i mean (laughs) it's just like 
I mean, I you know, I don't be rude to your postman, but I mean, they no, but probably... you should close the door anyway. Why are you gonna leave the door open? Thank you. I'm closing the door anyway. <laughs> you should see the letterbox open, or he just still wants to have a look. Um, so uh, Dixie, so basically, there's a treasure map in there. Um. Uh, and a letter saying this is you, you can get some treasure you have to follow this map. So this see, see, here's like so Tiny Bear's there as well. And then Dis, Dixie and Roscoe go to get the treasure with um BB Bear. Um they have to go past the sea of monsters and they feed it a dog treat. Uh they get to the island, PB Bear goes into a cave and finds a treasure chest. Tiny Bear comes and has the key to the chest, uninvited, might add. Loads of treasure inside for the pirate party. Everyone has a good time and then went home and now it's time to go to bed. Um, I watched Birthday Bear next. So uh, PB Bear's making a cake. Tiny Bear's helping. It's his birthday. There's a knock on the door. Tiny Bear falls in the cake mix. No one cares. Um, it's Dixie's. Uh, she has a present. And Bob the duck and Millie the monkey, they also bring presents. Roscoe's missing but has a surprise. It's in the shed. It's a train and has three cars. They go on a ride. Find a place for the picnic. Dixie has dog treats. Millie has bananas. PB doesn't have one. Oh, yes, he does because they packed in one. It's full of treats. They play tag after eating. PB Bear opens his present, gets a sword, a drum, and a harmonica. Now it's time for cake, but PB left it behind. Meanwhile, Tiny Bear, who got left behind, was making the cake, and they all ate it at the end. Uh, Queen Bananas. So um, they're playing the drums and the harmonica, which I thought was uh, kind of next, uh, good that they carried that on for the next episode. Postal Penguin has a letter, but he doesn't stay this time. He learned his lesson. Got a complaint from the office. Um, it's from the Queen. She says, come to the park, and I'll make you a night. Just... Um, I heard just bring bananas, and I was a bit like, you know, when you get those emails, just if you uh, give me your account details, I'll I'll put £10,000 in your account. I thought <laughs> maybe they should have been a bit more suspicious about that. But anyway, so Dixie also has bananas. Tiny Bear coming with bananas. They go to the uh, go to the park and there's a castle. They all get knighted, but it's Millie the monkey who tricked them, and now they're all knights of the banana table, and it's time for bed. Right, okay, so you've done Pirate Island. So I did go-kart races. So PB Bear is playing with cars and Tiny Bear is inside one of the cars. He gets a special delivery from Postal Penguin and the car just crashes a Tiny Bear in it into the wall somewhere. He gets a letter from his uncle Zoom Zoom and sends PB Bear, PB Bear, P, yeah, PB Bear, not P Bear. He sends him a go-kart racing kit. Roscoe and Dixie come to help PB Bear assemble. And then while he's having you know, a little bit of fun racing. Duck, Bob the Duck comes to challenge PB to a race and the first one to the ice cream stand wins and Duck messes up because banana skins are all in the car and I think it was down to Millie and so it crashed to the finish line and Duck is like, fair play, PB Bear, you won, but PB is like, it's all about ice cream, it doesn't matter and so he has honey flavour, banana for Millie Fish flavor for Bob. And then the last episode I watched was Absolute Rubbish. That's the name of the episode. I was going to say, the way. I was going to say, she's giving it away. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up. That was the name of the episode. <laughs> and so PB Bear and Roscoe are flying a kite in the park, but then Roscoe falls over and knocks over the rubbish bin, and Tiny Bear is attached to the kite, and so Tiny Bear is flown off somewhere. Then a big gust of wind blows the litter everywhere and the park keeper penguin isn't particularly happy about the mess. And so Roscoe and PB help clean up the mess. 
and Roscoe has a litter picker upper, which is like a a vehicle that can clean up all the rubbish. And the penguin is like, you better watch out for the bag before it breaks. I do it the old school way. And then they're like, well, we're going to do it with this litter picker upper. And he's like, well, the old school method works best. And then the bag gets full and it blows up and then it gets worse than before. And the, and the park, the penguin guy is like, yeah, I done told you that this was going to happen. Now you're going to clean it up my way. And while they're all cleaning up, Tiny Bear just crashes onto the middle of them. And yeah, they start again and they do it the park keeper's way. So now we have to rank these shows from three down to one. Um, easy, easy one for me this week, actually. Um, I think it was a two out of three week, but um, PB and Friends is definitely coming in at number three. That wasn't even a hard choice. Animal Shelf was second, um, for me. Um, I liked it, but I just thought the um, the, you know, if it was more, it was, if it was more honest about centralizing um, Get Up and Stripey, I would have liked it more. But Creepy Crawlies was definitely my favorite. This week, even though there's only two episodes, I like the realism sort of thing going on. Um, I like that it was a, a quite a lot different to um, some of the other stop motions I was watching. I, yeah, I thought it was quite a charming little little show. I, I very different, to, and I, I think it was it, it very successful uh, in in that. Yeah, mine is three is PB Bear and Friends. Like I said, this is a typical milkshake show, just like bottom of the pile. It wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that great either. Number two for me is The Animal Shelf. While I don't agree with the premise that it should be Get Up and Giraffes, no, Get Up and Stripey's show, because it, the others, the other characters are significant. Like, Woeful is quite a big character. Gum, Gumper is significant. I think Little Mutt as well. I think they're all significant. Obviously, Stripey and Get Up, because they're quite a duo, it's very easy to kind of think uh maybe they should be their own thing and yeah but i do but i do think yeah the the animal shelf was was a good show i remember it from my childhood and yeah number one for me was creepy crawlies i just think there's something about 80s stop motion in particular that just hits different like it's just it's so good so on point the theme song the theme song is good the narration is good the storytelling is really really good the characters are really good I think apart from Charlie Chalk, I quite like all of the stop motion that we have done in the 80s. Apart, yeah, apart from Charlie Chalk, that wasn't... Charlie Chalk was one of the Desert Island, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and on that bombshell, we're going to bring the episode to an end. Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. We're available on all the podcast platforms, so make sure you have your notifications on so that you can get new episodes all the time. Like I said before last week, we appreciate listeners from Germany. Big up to each and every one of you. You're still downloading. You've got up to 100 just on your own in the last few days, in the last week. So I appreciate each and every one of you for, for downloading. And as well, all the other places around the world, I appreciate everybody listening and keep on listening, keep on supporting. and. Yeah, um, you can find us also on the socials. It's Instagram, it's Yesterday's Capers 1. On Twitter, it's Yesterday Capers. YouTube.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. Facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. You can find me on the socials on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. 
Abdullah Merlin on Twitter, all one word. Give us a follow and let me know what you think. And yeah, join us next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers.